Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by my co-host, Derek Terry. Derek, did you have a good weekend? I did. Pretty good weekend. It's been uh, pretty good weather here in Lexington for the most part. A little bit rainy today, but sun's out right now, so all's good. Sean, if I saw right, it's going to be in the 90s next week. Yeah, it's it's honestly down here. It already feels like it's approaching that. I looked down in the car today when I was driving. It was 86 degrees. And I keep thinking, you know, I get married at the end of the month and I keep wondering that that last Saturday, is it going to be one of those cool Saturdays or is it going to feel like actual summertime, Derek? And I know uh, the wedding's at 530, so it could get a little dicey. We'll see how that feels in those suits. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we will. Uh, The definitely. Approaching quickly, but we're going to talk some NFL draft, excuse me, recap today. I know we've not got an episode out for that. We do not want to skip over that. I know there's a lot going on with basketball and transfer portal and what this roster is going to look like. John Calipari went on radio again, had some more comments, but we're we're not going to skip some draft recap. So, uh, Derek, it was another good weekend at the NFL draft for the Kentucky football program, and and maybe – not as many guys they probably thought maybe another one would get drafted possibly but overall for Wondell Robinson Josh Pascal, you know Luke Fortner Darren Kennard like it was a very good night for UK football program and especially that's that second day or of the pro of the the draft there on Friday night that was a really good night yeah I think a bit of a surprise that um depending on which mock drafts you follow going in I mean even some of the most reputable guys who uh, do these mock drafts. I don't know that anyone had Wondell going as high as he ended up getting selected there in the second round by the New York Giants. He ended up being the highest uh, pick from Kentucky. And I think going into the draft, most people thought that was going to be Josh Pascal. And Pascal went shortly after him to the Detroit Lions, who I thought had a pretty good draft, Sean, for an organization that uh, for a lot of years was right up there with the Bengals as uh, just, just being a poverty franchise, not very good at all. Um, but I thought they had a nice draft. And then you had Luke Fortner go with the very first pick of the third round. Those were the three guys in particular that, uh, man, you, you talk about Fortner, someone who really helped their draft stock. I don't know that he even would have been selected last year. Uh, maybe, maybe towards the end had they had a, uh, you know, had he decided to not use the COVID year, but coming back to school, going to center really improved his draft stock. Matter of fact, he's the guy, you know, you kind of hear through the grapevine some things, he might be the guy who ends up playing the longest in the NFL out of all these guys. So that was great. He's a good guy too. I was actually planning on writing a pretty big story about him uh, for the cat's balls before I left the business. Um, never got around to that. I wish I did, but that was good news. And then of course uh, you had Darian Kennard who had, had, had a pretty big slide this time last year. If you were to look at a 2022 early mock draft, you probably would have found his name in the first round. And, uh, Came back to schools, was set to play left tackle there for a little bit. It didn't go well. They got Dare Rosenthal. He moved back over to right tackle, had a good year. Um, but whether it be interviews, on play, on the field, whatever it might have been that caused him to slide, I mean, he, he, he took a tumble for sure, going all the way in the fifth round to Kansas yeah. City. Yeah, he, he did. And, and then it kind of leads you in to wonder, too, how much does versatility play a factor in where these guys get dragged? I mean, you're talking about Fortner, who – played guard, and then moved over to play center. Uh, we talked about, you know, Darian Kennard last year, uh, you know, moving and things like that, but then he settled in there at, at the tackle position. So how much do you think that that factors in, especially when it's at an elite level like the NFL where, I mean, obviously 
Luke Fortner's, I mean, his, his versatility and being able to slide yeah. on the offensive line significantly helped his draft spot. It does seem like most the, the thought will be that he'll slide inside Kennard, that is, be a guard at the next level. I mean, I don't know. I, it's hard to know with cynically, I feel like for the most part, if you can play, the NFL will overlook a lot of things. Not everything, but a lot of things. And I don't I don't think Kennard did anything bad per se. Um regardless of how you feel about the politics. I mean, he was pretty pretty open at the combine about how he felt. And I don't know if that was the best move, but at the same time, I feel like if it was I think that's something that could have been overlooked. <laughs> had it maybe had teams felt a little bit better by him. If that does that make sense? Like yeah. uh you know, if, for example, if uh, I don't know, when any of those top guys, Aiden Hutchinson, just for an example, did something similar, like I don't think he would have slid to the third round, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think Kennard definitely, most of it was was on-field concerns probably. Um, and I, I, there were some reports that he didn't interview very well. He had some strange interviews or, or things like that. He's probably just a different kind of guy. Um, but I feel like the value Kansas City getting him in the fifth round. I mean, he's yeah. from what I read, he's probably a depth piece, but that's fine. I mean, as a rookie coming in there, getting some snaps, you're playing for a good organization, a team that's going to be set for a while with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So they should be pretty good. Um, not a bad landing spot at all. I mean, to, to get your career started, I, I saw some comparisons to him with Trey Smith, who came out of Tennessee. You know, Trey Smith's slide wasn't really for the same reasons as Kennard, Trey Smith had had some serious blood clotting issues in college, I think in his lungs. And I would guess the medical scared a lot of teams there because he was a first round type talent. Um, but regardless, it is an organization that back-to-back years has taken a sliding, a, a guy who was falling from from an SEC offensive line. So I think Kennard's a good player. I think what he did at Kentucky, I mean, he's not about a first team All-American. It's tough to replace if you're Kentucky. And I think at the end of the day, I mean, I'm still surprised he went as low as he did just because I think maybe some teams are just overlooking him a little bit, including the Bengals. I don't, I don't know that the fit would have been great for the Bengals just in terms of how they operate on offense. But, you know, there were quite a few guard slash tackles that went above Kennard. I mean, several in those middle rounds. So he'll have a, have a pretty big chip on his shoulder. I'll say going, uh, going into his rookie season. And now look, help me out with some math here and, and figuring out these years. So Kennard totals 22 players that have been selected in the NFL draft under Mark Stoops at Kentucky. So Kennard was the 22nd guy. We know obviously those early, early years there with, with Bud Dupree, but how many of those guys, Derek, if you take out the numbers, has it been since that 18th season? Can you do that off the top of your head? Maybe you can recall it. I'm trying to find how here. many guys have been picked have been picked since that 2018 year where they 17. first went 10 and three, 17 guys. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Well, Seven, that's, that's yeah. including the guys on that team. If that's yeah. what you're at. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So they've had 22 NFL draft picks under Mark Stoops since he's been at Kentucky is what the, the notes say here. Canard uh, was the 22nd player under Mark Stoops at UK and then the fourth in the 2022 NFL draft. So that that's a big program building thing like uh you know john calipari talks about the nba draft and how big it is for kentucky basketball well mark stoops is able to sell the nfl draft now on the football side of things and you're, you're looking at you know fortner and Kennard. this is the fourth straight year that uk has had an offensive lineman drafted 
So that's a position that you know you're featuring pros and you're getting pros. Now you've got Wondell Robinson drafted at the wide receiver position. You're getting defensive guys drafted in the league now. The next move is probably quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, excuse me. I, I would say certainly. Um, but how much – I guess what I'm getting to is how much – how big is that for your program that you're able to get multiple positions right, right. Yeah. being drafted when you couldn't even get anyone drafted just five, six years ago? I think next year when Levis gets picked, and, and we'll get into him here in a little bit, uh, what the mock drafts are saying about him. But quarterback has been the one spot in the Stoops era that it just felt like the – it's not felt like it's actually been true. Like, <laughs> they've just not been able to get it figured out in terms of, you know, appeal – for the next level. None of the guys that they've had up until Levis really, I mean, maybe, maybe for a hot minute there with Patrick Tolls in 2014, when he was playing well, it looked like maybe he was ended up being a, a potential draft pick down the line. Didn't work out for him. Um, Barker of course was injured. Steven Johnson maybe saved Mark Stoops bacon, but wasn't a you know legitimate next sure. level player. Probably not a maybe to that either. <laughs> no, not a maybe. I mean, he did, he did save it. it. Uh, <laughs> But then Terry Wilson, who actually is getting a chance and, and rookie camp, it looks like with the Dallas Cowboys, but still not someone that you weren't going to have scouts, you know, flying in from all over the country to watch Terry Wilson play quarterback. So up up here now with Levis, like that's going to be the case. Uh, you've got a lot of the scouts. Seem like here maybe in the last month when people really started to dig into Wondell Robinson's tape is when you started getting some more of these guys who cover the draft saying like, "Hey, this this guy at Kentucky is kind of the real deal, kind of kind of all kinds of fun and." He had some mock drafts, Sean, that have him going. Even, you know, the athletic who uh, Dane Brugler, I don't know how to say his last name. It's spelled B-R-U-G-L-E-R. Brugler, Brugler, I don't know how you say his last name. But a guy who pours in hours upon hours upon hours. I mean, he some of his draft details, it's, so, it's some of the most detailed work I've seen. He has Levis going in the top five next year. So this isn't just some – you know, nobody putting them up there. It's pretty consensus at this point. And this this is bound to change. It absolutely will change. Guys will rise or fall yeah. um, a year from now once they play a full season. But I think that buzz is going to be great for Kentucky going into the summer. And then I think regardless of where Levis gets picked, like he's, he's a lock to be picked next year. Maybe it won't be top 10. Maybe it won't even be first round. But someone is going to draft him with his arm and, and athletic ability. I mean, it's a lock. So I think unlocking that position and like finally having something to show for it. Plus with the group, they're going to have, you know, what they've been recruiting at wide receiver. They've got some great tight ends. Offensive line recruiting has been great. They're bound to either get a really good transfer portal quarterback or probably more importantly in the future, they really need to land a high school quarterback with some, you know, a four-star top kid that can come in here down the line and play. Cause I think, if you were to give me betting odds right now, I would guess the quarterback that follows Levis is not on campus right now. It will yeah. be somebody who comes in via the transfer portal. And, and that's fair to say because with the success that Levis is having and now showing up on mock drafts, yeah, you're going to be able to kind of go out there to a different talent, a pool of talent, and start okay. recruiting that position. And and we said this when the when Liam Cohen was hired as offensive coordinator. When it comes to success at the quarterback position, it works hand-in-hand hand with the wide receivers. And you see Wondell Robinson go to the league and get drafted. We know that on this roster now for this season, the, the talent, the young talent that's coming in, uh, the transfer talent, 
there's not a Wandale Robinson, but there's good, talented receivers that you could see playing in, in the league someday. So when you get one of them going, the other one's going as well. And that's the thing now that, that Kentucky has a quarterback in Levis. There's going to be a ton of hype, Derek. Are you, are you concerned at all that all the offseason talk about him being a top 10 pick and being a first-round pick and, and, and all that? I mean, he's going to show up on Heisman list too. If you're in that, if you're in that range of mock drafts, then you're certainly going to be in those betting odds for the Heisman. Are you worried at all that maybe that attention, it's great for your program, but are you worried at all about him kind of thinking about that too much or you, you think he's going to be okay with it? Uh, I think it's a great question. I, I'm not concerned per se, but I, I definitely think it's a legitimate question to, to wonder because you're talking about a guy who was a career backup until this season. I mean, he just became a starting quarterback, what, eight, eight months ago? Nine yeah. months ago, whenever it was, and he got named at Kentucky. You're going from a guy who was just fighting to earn a starting job to someone who this time a year from now could be a top 10 pick. And that's the buzz that he's getting right now. So I actually had that thought earlier today. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, it's, I think that's a real question, but I also think Levis, I mean, this is not a young guy. He's, he's going to be in his fifth year of college coming up. I mean, you're talking about a kid who, you know, has very good. graduated from Penn state in three years. I mean, I, I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. I don't think he's gonna, he's a good leader in the locker room. I, I feel like he's equipped to handle all this. But I, I do think to an extent you could wonder, you know, once the season gets here, if he, if he is thinking about it, if maybe he presses a little too much. Um, I would hope not, but it's it's hard to know until we get here and until, until the season shows up. But I think more than being worried about it, I, I just think it's a, a real question to ask, though. I, I think it's just in terms of his mindset because he's, he's in a different place. He's earned a starting job. He's uh, – the leader of this football team. I mean, he became a captain almost immediately yep. when he got to Kentucky. So he's already earned the respect of the locker room. Now it's just kind of taking that next step. And I think him more than maybe any other player on the team, if he reaches his ceiling of what he can be, I mean, he, he's probably the difference in a, another good season or potentially a great season. And and I'm not surprised at where he's showing up on mock drafts. Not at all. I'm not shocked at all. And honestly, I saw this coming a long time ago. There were those things that happened there last summer, late in camp or early in camp, uh, being named a starter a week into camp. You know, everybody looked and said, okay, that that's not Mark Stoops. That's not what this program's been uh, for a decade. Like it's always gone down to the wire if there was a quarterback battle, but that was always because there wasn't a guy that just was the clear cut leader in the room. And, and you have that now. And then, uh, you know, all the other things there with, with Levis being the, the first a, a captain in his first year before he'd ever stepped on the field. Like we're, we're talking about a program that hadn't done that. Uh, and though all those things, those leadership qualities that he has, when he talks in interviews, he's a very good interview. We know that that's a process in the NFL draft. This is a guy that's going to, that's going to kill it. And from a PR standpoint, going to kill it on the field. We know his arm talent. We know the talent with his legs, his athleticism that he showed last year. This is going to be a really good thing for Kentucky football. I remember when Andre Woodson was getting some hop there in that season, and I, you and I are both huge Andre Woodson fans. Like, that was the era, the golden era for us growing up, following the program. But you remember all that attention, college game day coming to town, uh, Andre Woodson getting a lot of hype. It, it's, go, it's going to feel like that, but I think it's going to be even bigger just because of where the program is now from a talent standpoint. NFL eyes on it. This could be one of those things that we talk about, Derek, where the program takes another step and we yeah. keep asking ourselves, how many steps does this program have left? 
this feels like a giant step to take that could take them to even more giant steps. No pressure for Will, huh? None. But <laughs> if there's someone that I think is going to handle pressure, I just feel like he's very good at it. He never was one last season to run from struggles. Like he right. he took the blame for things and it was always there in those interviews and, and never really settled. And I think that his mindset, I think that it helps a ton. Look, there's a reason Liam Cohen wanted him to begin oh, yeah. with. We talked about it all last offseason that this guy's the quarterback. Now Liam's out the door and they've handed him on to someone else, but this is a program that's in its best spot. It's It's been in, I'm going to say ever. This is the best spot this program has ever been in. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Yeah, I think so. I mean, with the recruiting class they just brought in, what what should be another good season, I mean, we got to let it play out, but... I've got my sights set on probably nine wins again. That's probably the number I would go on, but still some time left uh, to figure it out. But you were talking earlier about the the mock drafts and how you're not surprised. This time of year, especially before we get to the fall and, and get more tape on these guys, you're, a lot of these, for the most well, not all, but a lot, like Levis in particular, is in there because of his intangibles. Like you're not going to find basically anybody in this draft class who has the arm that he does along with the athletic ability. I mean, he's. He's a freak. That doesn't mean he's a perfectly refined quarterback because he's not. Um, you know, I, I think Scangarello, I'm really curious to see how he'll, how he'll work with Will because, you know, Will had some really good games last year and he had games where he really struggled. Um, threw 14 picks on the season. Some were his fault, some weren't. He, he's a quarterback who I, I think a lot of people who are outside of Kentucky – are going to be wondering why he's projected so high because yeah. you, you look at the stats like by the stats no that's that's not like a top 10 pick type stats that he put up last year but you're you're just kind of betting on the potential because if he hits i mean like i mean you could make an argument that it's i mean he like i think bryce young is a potential future super bowl winning quarterback like i think the world of bryce young Stroud, I'm curious to see more of. I think Stroud's very good, but he also, I mean, my God, think about the talent that he has around him at Ohio State. Like Levis, if he puts it all together, I just don't know that anyone else can match his kind of physical abilities. But that's what that's kind of going to be the question, I guess, this fall for for NFL scouts. And I just think it's great for the attention, like you mentioned. I mean, having a guy who, you know, if Kentucky gets off to a good start again, which I think is very possible, you'll probably get you know more and more national media coming in and then looking at the program and yeah helps recruiting it helps everything i mean 
you need another face like that, I, I think. And having the quarterback, it's obviously the most recognizable position on the field. Yeah. So they've had some very good players over the years, but I think having a quarterback could could really take this program to another level, like we were saying. It's different, right? Yeah. Like Josh Allen was the face there for a season. Benny. And we know how incredible he was. Benny Snell was the face there for a couple of seasons. But it's different when you got the quarterback in the NFL being called out every single time on broadcast. And they mentioned yeah. quarterback from the University of Kentucky. Like that's just a different thing. Like that, that's a big deal. And and to me, with Levis, like Liam Cohen, we know is is a genius. We know that that guy's going to be super successful in his coaching career when he's a head coach, whether that be NFL, whether that be college one day. He handpicked this guy. He saw all these things in Levis, and now it's played out the way that I'm, I'm sure Cohen envisioned it. Now Cohen is not there anymore. Right. But this program and the success of, of Liam Cohen in that one year, it, it's going to carry on. And Levis is a branch of that. And now Levis, to me, it, what do you branch off of Levis is the next step. You know, that, and that's what it goes hand in hand with this thing. But it's crazy. I'm sitting here as we're recording. I'm looking at a frame picture that I took of Levis doing the uh, hurdle against Louisville, and yeah. he signed it and addressed it to me, Derek. Uh, the thing might be worth quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a second one here. I've got a second copy that he signed that I'm planning to give away when we get to football season. Well, I thought the Alex Slitz uh, photo that he took of him diving or leaping. I, I don't don't know if you want to call it a dive or what. Whenever he basically landed on his head in the end zone against Tennessee, I thought was a was a great shot from Alex. I mean, that's one thing you'll say about Will Levis' college career. Like he'll have some cool photos of himself. Uh, doing things on the field what do you think about uh i've not really looked into it i'm wondering what penn state fans are thinking today you know i was just about to bring that up how and, and that's another good thing for kentucky we we talk about success in the transfer portal and now wandell robinson was not going to he wasn't going to reach his nfl dreams had he stayed at nebraska and he comes wow. home to kentucky he reaches his nfl dream and it's not just reaching a dream he was drafted in a high round now you have another transfer in Levis who at this position could turn into a top 10 pick. I mean, is he pushed for a top two, top three pick? I, I don't know how high he goes, but that helps you when you're out recruiting not only high school kids, but in the transfer portal. Like the, the success stories that they've had at that position or multiple positions of transfers, it's huge. So, yeah, Penn State fans have to be wondering, man, this could have been ours. Like we could have we could have this and it could be doing it. And we know that the NFL is going to find talent, whether it's in the SEC, whether it's in the ACC, the Big Ten, it doesn't matter. But, boy, uh, Mark Stoops, we had a quote. We, I remember you and I talking about the transfer portal when it first came out, and we were trying to decide if it was going to help or hurt teams and programs like Kentucky. It significantly helped Kentucky. Yeah, I don't think you can even think of a scenario where it's hurt. I mean, have they really – I don't think they've really lost anyone who you would call a difference maker. No, and now there's so many. And now the biggest question is when you got a, a guy of that caliber back there, it magnifies how important those tackle positions are this year going into the season and and yeah. especially the blind side spot there with Levis. They they've got to keep him upright, got to keep him healthy. You don't want him taking the same number of hits that he took last year. Is he still going to be the guy that dives for the pylon? Probably. When it, when the when the play's on the line, you're yeah. fighting for a first down. He's going to be that guy, but I know that they're wanting him to take a different approach and not take as many licks, maybe slide more often. But uh, protecting him on the outside there, that, that's going to be very important. But seems to be like seems to me like they feel pretty confident with where they are coming through the spring and then going into the fall. 
Well, Will Will is the player he is. I mean, this is years and years of playing football in Grandin Hill, but maybe seeing his name and talking to some people and realizing that, you know, the his future in this game, maybe that'll pop into his head a little bit when before he's thinking about trying to truck a guy from Miami, Ohio in the second quarter of the season opener. Maybe he'll think a little bit more long-term than what he has. Been. Do they play Miami, Ohio in the season opener? I think they do. Uh, might have had the details it, wrong there. That's a, that's a good point because, you know, a year ago, you're trying to earn the respect of your teammates, right? You're trying to show like, dudes who you are. And you're trying to – and you're an unknown guy. Like, look, going into last year, Will Levis is known for eating a banana with a pill on it. <laughs> and, and that was a marketing thing. Everybody was talking about him. He was on the Today Show. And now you're not talking about Will Levis, the guy that signed a deal with Paul Miller Ford. You're not talking about uh, Will Levis with Claiborne Farms. We're talking about Will Levis in the NFL. And that's where – the values at now like he can make a lot of money in nil he's gonna make a heck of a lot more money in the nfl though oh yeah absolutely and he also yeah you mentioned that paul miller ford deal just signed it um good for him Uh, in terms of other guys sean real quick in 2023 i think chris rodriguez has to be on the i don't know how well chris's game is going to translate to the next level Uh, i mean he's kind of a throwback style back you know power runner it was good in the spring game, very small sample size. I think he only played that one series, but he was catching some passes out of the backfield. He did a little bit of that last year. It'd be good for him, I think, to continue showing, you know, some more versatility. But still, you're talking about a highly productive running back in the SEC. I think he's bound to to, to get some serious consideration to be drafted. Um, I think a guy like Tavion Robinson, uh, probably going to be Kentucky's leading wide receiver. He'll be going into his fourth year of college. I think he's probably a next-level talent. We'll see if he's able to make that jump this year. I think with all the attention that's going to be on Levis, he's obviously going to get scouted a lot. So it's going to be a benefit to him. Um, that's a good point, too. Other and, and guys are going to benefit yeah. from people being there to watch Will. And I don't – Javon Baker is like the ultimate X factor to me because he's just yeah. going to be going into his third year of college. He's not a guy – I mean, he's shown – I think he only has seven career catches. So it, it would be crazy right now to say, yeah, I think this guy's going to be a draft pick. But – you know, he's he's a guy who just because you weren't on the field showing out at Alabama doesn't mean you can't play. And I think being in a in a different system, I mean, I would I would still call it a long shot right now. I wouldn't probably project him to to be a draft pick this year, but you never know. I mean, he could get out there and, and have a huge year. He's got a great size. I know uh, Liam Cohen loved what he was gonna be able to bring to this room. I don't I guess what I'm saying is I don't I don't think it's a ridiculous idea to think that he could be a one and done type guy just given his potential. But he's got, you know, a lot more to prove than someone like Tavion Robinson, who's already been a productive college wide receiver. Um yeah, I mean I, I just think he's somebody to watch. But offensive line, uh, I don't really know. Uh, Tayshawn Manning looks huge. Uh, uh, Something's just not adding up there. I, I can't figure out why Auburn didn't fight to get him back because he walked into UK and was immediately a starter on a good offensive line. You know what I mean? I, I can't figure that one out. But I, I don't know where his draft uh, stock will be. He's a guy who is quite old, I mean, honestly. But Fortner was as well and got picked, you know, 65th overall. So yeah. it's not the end-all, be-all. But defensively is where I'm a little interested because a guy like DeAndre Square is coming back for another year been a productive player Jacquez Jones has been very productive but I just don't know how their skill sets kind of translate um a guy like J.J. Weaver Jordan Wright those guys right again a sixth-year guy gonna be Weaver will be a fourth-year junior I don't know I think those are the kind of the guys to watch but 
there's always somebody who'll that we think we you know will get drafted or whatever who doesn't and someone who will come out of nowhere so it feels like this time last year I probably would have felt better about the number of draft picks they'd have and then they only ended up with four yeah so it's hard to know really how it's gonna be yeah and they and they had some guys obviously sign you know some yes. uh, undrafted free agent deals Several guys did. yeah Yusuf Corker with the the Giants today I uh, know Rig with the Bengals, and then there were some more there as I well. But... Call with the Panthers, and I think Quandre Mosley was with the Cowboys. Yep. So they're those guys will have opportunities to you know play their way into the league and and stick there. And uh, we'll wrap up here. Looking at the schedule, you asked me if they play Miami of Ohio at home on the opener, and that that is true. That's on September third. Then they go to Florida. Kind of, it's crazy to think that they don't have a big home game one that's really going to excite yeah. people until October 8th against South Carolina. It's back-to-back Carolina and Mississippi State, but only two big-time SEC home games before November 19th when Georgia comes to town. And then you got Louisville to close the year. You had Vandy the week before Georgia. So uh, the home slate, I mean, it's not horrible. Louisville being moved to this year certainly helps. Like when you're yeah. a season ticket holder, you had the so really good year, of, <laughs> as you are, you had the really good year with Tennessee and, and Florida and – even Missouri in the, in the years that they're good, like everybody gets all you know fired up for those games and then the whoever the West opponent is. But now that Louisville is kind of in that other category, I think it's helped. Not It's not evened it out because we all know that Florida, Tennessee, and all those games are going to get all the hype. But having Georgia and Louisville in there back-to-back, that, that certainly adds to the home schedule. That is a good point you make that, I mean, a lot of their quote-unquote easy games – or start off the season. But with that said, though, if they're uh, four and out, four, how many games? I don't know. How many games have they played five before? before Carolina? They okay, so if they're four and one, five and oh, potentially, I mean, you're talking about a, what will surely be a sold out crowd. And, and at that point, it'll be a, a crowd that has been really geared up for a game like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it could create a great atmosphere if, if they're already having a good season at that point. And my prediction for the season is college game day comes to Lexington for Kentucky, Georgia. Ooh. That's my prediction for the season. I could like, see it. I could, I could see, see it. it too. I could see it too. And it wouldn't shock me. Maybe they get another one in there. It, does Tennessee live up to some hype? Is that game seven games in? What's the weight there with them? I know obviously that their schedule with Georgia and Alabama and Florida and, and everything, it's a little different, but. Uh, I'm still interested in a couple of stories here. I want to see what that betting line is for the game uh, in Florida and then what kind of hype is around Kentucky Ole Miss there in uh, the first Saturday of October. Like that, the schedule sets up for some storylines. Obviously, Derek, we're going to talk a lot about that them not winning a, an SEC West road game since 2009. Uh, I know that plan on getting and writing some stuff about that as we get to closer to the season, but going to be a ton of football content coming your way, especially in those dead months when this basketball roster is set in stone. We're going to talk a lot of position previews, and Derek's already been texting me and asking me questions about wide receivers that have had me thinking three or four different times today. So uh, Derek's presenting some good questions, and uh, we'll be here to take you all through it. Anything you want to add, Derek, before we close? The only thing I'll add is uh, you're talking about the schedule. I I was debating going to Ole Miss. I don't think I'm going to, um, but I was looking at the schedule for that weekend the only lock i have of the season will be that that's going to be a night game i would be stunned if they don't play Ole miss at night so i don't know if it'll be on espn2 or what but i don't even remember the other games that were on that day i just remember thinking that there was very little chance that it was 
not uh, a nice slate. So my lock of the season is I will not be in Missouri unless I have to be in Missouri. That yeah, is my lock of the season. Kentucky Daily hates hates Columbia, Missouri. That's, that's my least favorite SEC road trip. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. of all of them. Like that's it's brutal. just not a good one. But hey, if we're if we look up in Kentucky's what one loss at that point. And then obviously the, the SEC standings would play in, in to, into a factor yeah. there with Georgia. I probably have to go at that point. Uh, so. A spot too where Kentucky's been pretty hit or miss. Played a really great game there against a bad team in 2016. <laughs> Pulled out a miracle one in 2018, and then obviously 2020 had some had some difficult circumstances around that game, but just didn't play well. I think that's probably the game that solidified, honestly, that Eddie Grant was probably done at Kentucky. Um, so, you know, this has formed into a pretty good little rivalry game between these two schools. So. It has. And I don't want to get into the schedule too much because I want to save – I want to save a schedule yeah. breakdown and then our predictions for the schedule. That way we get two episodes out of it because there there are some things that I'm looking at on the, on the schedule where the bye week's at, but I, I like that Vandy's ahead of Georgia. But then you kind of wander to a game of the magnitude of Georgia followed by a game of the magnitude of the rival with Louisville. That That's a lot to close the season, a lot of emotions, but feels like a program that's ready to handle it. But we'll get into those in a separate episode as we get into the summer. But as always, this show, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.